How has the coronavirus affected your life? And what is the most unexpected part of this impact? So why don't we start with ALP? And again, with one or two minutes. Hello everyone, can you hear me? Uh, great. Uh, it's affected me not in very good way because uh, for me, I mean, I saw the other country situations, but I never thought it would be happening for our country. I don't know why I thought like that, but uh, when it came to the country, it was like a, a surprise for me because of uh, the situations, wildness, the unexpected of the events, and. Uh, in our, in our country, it becomes, um, how can I explain, a grand bigger. Uh, um, the positive situations uh, goes wildly crazy. Uh, I don't know how to explain because it's very unexpected for me. I, I even cannot uh go to the uh, outside right now because uh, for me i have a prohibition so it's really <laughs> not healthy for me like i am really an outgoing student and it makes me like a, a more introvert yeah. uh, for this choice okay thank you Let's continue to Kansu. So how has the coronavirus affected your life? And what is the most unexpected part of this impact? Uh, I think uh, the worst thing about coronavirus is that my uh, mother is a doctor. So uh, also she is in a, another city in Izmir in Turkey. But uh, because of the travel ban, um, I can't go to Izmir um, to my house. I am. I am in Istanbul right now where I am uh, studying. So uh, I am really anxious about um, there being not uh, not sufficiently protected from the virus and the patients and everything. So it is really, um, it is really interesting and really frightening at the same time. Like I've said, um, in Turkey we, we were having an economic crisis and also a political crisis as well. So uh, when the coronavirus uh, hit, it, it, it was just like, I don't know. <laughs> but um, it is very complicated uh, in Turkey right now. And also uh, I was planning to graduate um, this semester. So um, my university is... Um, is very successful about going online and everything, but not every university and school is like that. So um, I think I will be graduating, but I don't know about uh, my master's um, plans next year. Uh, so I am waiting and I don't know, it is, it is very complicated and unexpected for me too. Yes, thank you. Sanjana. How has the coronavirus affected your life and what is the most unexpected part of this impact? Um, for me, it's kind of been, yeah, it's been a little easier than I expected it to be because I'm more of the type of person who stays inside a lot more. And um, so I'm in Mumbai and it, like uh, the state that I'm in has been the most affected in India. And so, and like in my building, we have a lot of older people who stay here and we're really worried about infecting them in the process. So my whole building's been on lockdown and I haven't been able to get out of my building for like a month now. And so that's been a little harder. And then also trying to adjust to online classes, which is really new to me. And like learning how to be productive at home has also been like a huge struggle for me. But otherwise it's, I've, I've been a lot less stressed out about the whole thing, but I do understand that this it's not a very great situation right now, not in India or anywhere else around the world. And I understand that like I need to be social distancing, which is why I think it's easier for me to do that now. Yeah. 
Thank you, Sanjana. Shriya, how has the coronavirus affected your life and what is the most unexpected part of this impact? Um, so I'm in Bangalore, India, and uh, where I live is in the outskirts of the city in a community, uh, a gated community of sorts. Um, and the roads into the city have been shut for a few weeks now, uh, so no one can uh, go into the city. Uh, but a few weeks before that, my community uh, was under lockdown and uh, everything was shut. Uh, the kids haven't been allowed to go out and play and uh, the clubhouses are shut because um, it's there's a lot of senior citizens over here. So everyone's being um, extra careful. Um, a couple of times there were even patrols in the evenings to make sure the older kids didn't come out and try and socialize or anything like that. Um, so it's been a bit strange. Uh, but all in all, I'm not in a bad place to be uh, quarantined because it's still um, quite a spacious area and you can go around and not uh, encounter anyone. Um, also, my sister uh, was studying abroad in Germany and she came home right before um, everything exploded both in Europe and, um, in, and before India shut its uh, borders. Um, so yeah, so all, I have a younger sister as well. So all five of us are back under the same roof after quite a while. So that's been quite nice. Um, the most unexpected thing is uh, readjusting all over again um, because I'd associated hostel with college life and productivity and home became my space to just relax and have time with family. Um, so to kind of blend the two into one uh, sort of lifestyle has been the most uh, challenging but I think I've sort of figured out my own routine now, so things have been fine. Yeah, so blending, blending worlds. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Uh, Jeswin, um, how has the coronavirus affected your life and what is the most unexpected part of this impact? Okay, so I live in Kosu, which is like uh, uh, 50 kilometers from Bangalore or uh, into the state called Tamil Nadu. So in our case, uh, in our district, uh, there haven't been any cases reported as of now. So things are uh, okay here. Uh, like uh, the one thing that has changed is uh, definitely college, like uh, Sanjana and Shreya mentioned. So we had just gotten like uh, settled there for a third trimester. There were classes like for just two weeks and then we had to come back on the 16th of March, if I'm not wrong. Uh, so we've been at home from then. Our, our country's on a lockdown till the 14th and it's expected to increase. Uh, so. Uh, we are just allowed to move uh, only to buy essentials and uh, it's it's advisable that uh, one person goes to get it. So that's the mm -hmm. only thing where we uh, like go out for. And uh, the thing I miss is obviously college friends and, and also moving out uh, with my friends on uh, like bikes and other things. So that, yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. I see that Miriam Bayer has joined us. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you so much, and sorry for being late. Uh, no, no problem, Miriam. Where are you from? I'm from Tunisia. Tunisia, it's in well, North Africa. Yes. So we were just discussing the question, basic question. Each we were going one by one, um, and everyone was talking about how the coronavirus has affected their life, um, and what the most unexpected part of this impact has been. Uh huh. Um. I think uh, the effect of uh, the virus on uh, people's mental health uh, is a really important thing uh, to consider. Uh, people didn't expect to stay locked up uh, for this long and it's starting to affect their mental health. Their, people are dealing with anxiety and uh, other issues. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Mm -hmm. uh, and people might get uh, bored due to the lack of um, activities they can have uh, indoors, and um, because they like also contact with other people, because. Yeah. Ibn Khaldun, which is um, a Tunisian sociologist, said uh, a human being is social by nature. And um, 
even introverts uh, need that human contact and interaction sometimes. So staying this long locked up, it may affect uh, our mental health. Thank you very much. We also have Judith here. Judith is a Columbia University student who is on the line to take notes for our session. But Judith, because we have a, a, a small number and we would, I'm sure that um, uh, the participants from around the world would love to hear the perspective of someone from the United States as well. Would you mind also addressing the question, how has the coronavirus affected your life and what is the most unexpected part of this impact? Um, so I think what was really difficult for me is that this happened extremely quickly. You know, it went from uh, one person getting it is what we heard on the news to, you know, my school suggesting, um, Columbia suggesting that we would come back after a spring break to, you know, online learning and then a full lockdown. Um, so I'm on Long Island, which is, you know, a suburb um, not too far from the city. Um, I am allowed to leave my house, luckily, because I don't live in a really densely populated area. So I think I'm pretty lucky that I just get to go on walks and have some fresh air every day. That's definitely something, you know, I don't take for granted. Um, and I would say it's been really difficult because I'm a senior and this was my last semester. And, you know, I, it was, I didn't really have the time to, you know, wave a proper goodbye to, to my friends and the place that I've called home now for four years. So that was definitely the most difficult aspect of this transition. Thank you so much, Judith. So I'd love to have, since we have such a nice small group, um, this is such an opportunity for people to speak. You know, we have three different countries here and many different parts of India represented as well. Um, for you to kind of speak to each other around these questions. Um, so many interesting observations have, have arisen. Um, I think everyone here is a student, yes? And so yes. it means to, to be moving home or living at home or changing your routine, um, what it means to be um, connecting with family in different ways or worrying about family. Um, what it means to learn in this environment. I just think there were just a lot of common themes that came out across your comments. So I would love to kind of open up a wider discussion for a few minutes around th these questions of how coronavirus has affected your life and the most unexpected part of the impact. The one thing uh, unexpected as of now is that uh, things were like uh, pretty much like slightly under control till last week. Uh, but then in India, now the cases are like spiking up uh, like really high. And uh, things in the last few days haven't like uh, really well, especially in our state. There have been cases in one particular city which has uh, spiked up really high. So that, uh, I don't know, uh, they say it, it's the stage three. So uh, we're not sure of it, but uh, I think that was a recent thing, which is like happening in our country. Now. Um, one of the things that's uh, really surprising to me is how uh, deficit healthcare systems are around the world. Uh, like as an individual, it seems so obvious that you know, a government would uh, put the effort towards making sure their um, country has sufficient health care. And I know in India, at least, like our government hospitals aren't up to the standard that they need to be. And uh, rural health care, like outside of cities, health care um, just like slopes off quite drastically and quality wise. Um, but to see that reflected around the world and see that there is a deficiency in healthcare around the world, um, is quite surprising because we know there's no uh, lack of expertise or lack of people. Um, it's just the lack of attention that the systems have been getting. So this is a wake-up call in that sense. Very interesting. And it's also said that uh, cases in India are like underreported. It's not the actual number. 
so we just don't have the have an adequate like uh, things to test so the numbers which are reported are actually like under reported and there might be more than that that's what's spoken um uh, in tunisia um the situation was under control uh, like we were uh, the number of cases affected by coronavirus was barely increasing by 50 or 10 each day but then um there was the uh statement made by uh, the chief of government uh when he said that uh, there will be uh, help given to those whose um whom incomes is less than like 20 dollar uh, or so a month no, oh, I guess a little bit more, uh, like 100 a month. So that's when people started getting out of their house just to get that aid and that help. So um, that's why maybe the number of cases um, like is increasing uh, more now in Tunisia. As people left their house to buy things. Yes, to buy things and to get that financial aid uh, the, uh, the country is given to those whose income is, is really low. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, in Turkey, uh, there is a prohibition to go outside for uh, younger people and older people, uh, but the people who are between 20 and 65, they can go outside freely uh, for mostly their businesses uh, and their works. Uh, because we have an economic crisis and uh, in order to prevent uh, to become much bigger, uh, our government uh, try to this, but uh, this also create a controversy because uh, they still they are still uh, uh, could be uh, how can I say uh, a pot possible uh, situations possible positive uh, people so uh, this controversy uh, even though I I am or my grandmothers and grandfathers cannot go to the outside because of the economic situation. Uh, there are uh, still so many people to go outside and we are still not protected from the uh, possible situations, yes. especially older people. No, I think we're seeing this globally that um, um, that there are some people who are able to shelter in place or to isolate themselves and others who are cannot do that just because we need to keep our societies running and we need to uh, people need to earn a living uh, and so it's becoming very clear um, you know uh, not only the kind of deficient healthcare systems but the kind of inequalities um, in terms of who is able to stay in one place and who who is not able to do that. I'm curious, since everyone here is a young person and a student, how you feel that this is uh, specifically uh, impacting your lives as young people? Um, the virus was quite a surprise uh, because uh, I didn't expect to be, I didn't expect spending a lot of months uh, locked in home and I thought that maybe I'd spend my 20s like doing more things than just staying here in home so that was quite a surprise would others like to chime in about that it's also a little like I'm not sure exactly what the word is, but um, it feels very uncertain because you don't know when it's going to end and like when the lockdown is going to end, and you're kind of just stuck inside with like this indefinite time period of 
okay, I don't know when I'm going to get out. So I, that's a little bit scarier, I think. Yes, the idea of the unknown and the uncertain, uh, unknown future in front of us, it's, it's pretty scary. Like, we don't have any idea if the, the cure will be found. We don't have no idea when are we going to get out of our houses. And that's, that's pretty scary. Also scared when things will become like a normal even psychology because even though uh, it said the virus uh, dies down, you still would think twice to go to a public place to a movie or you would even like, uh, this, that, I don't know where, how much time it would take for that also to become normal. So that again is a concern. It's uh, totally uncertain. I mean, that's a good also for a few of us, like Shreya, Jasmine and I, we, for college, we've kind of been told that, um, like, they expect, they would like us to come back on the campus, but they don't know when that's going to be. And, like, it's, I'm constant, and, like, I've left all of my stuff back on campus in my room. So, most of my stuff isn't even with me. And then the thought of, like, having all my stuff over there and being like, okay, I might have to go back someday. So, I have no idea when that's going to be. And even the the like the thought of like having to take take a flight and go back to college and like settle down over there also is a little bit scary because I don't know when anything is gonna happen when I'm gonna get all my stuff because everything I've left behind. This this speaks to the rapidity, you know, how quickly this happened as well. That we just kind of left our, you know, left one life behind and 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 ran home. Many people, right? Um, but leaving uh, belongings behind as well. Um, I a lot of people nodding. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, like Sandra was saying, uh, when we were in college, uh, we were just getting settled in with new classes and professors. Um, and then suddenly, like over the weekend, we got uh, notices first saying that all uh, sports and activities were shut. Um, and then our campus was emptied of all sports equipment and everything was locked up. And first uh, we were just thinking, all right, this is it. Maybe our classes will be like, you know, um, sort of put on hold, but we'll still be here. Um, and then the next thing we know, we got an email saying we have to vacate campus in the next three days. Um, and our campus is quite isolated in terms of it's not got um, connectivity from right there. You have to travel two hours to the city and then um, go to wherever. Um, and our demographic is quite uh, diverse in India itself. We've got people from around the country. Um, so there were some people who had to take uh, trains, be on a train for 48 hours to get home. Uh, and they had to book and pack and leave in like three hours from campus because that's all the time they could take. And not knowing how long, what the condition would be like on a train journey or knowing you'd be stuck on a train for 48 hours and not knowing who's, like, who's carrying the virus or anything like that. Like just the kind of fear that was there in everyone in, and like our parents as well, because we were phoning home and saying, okay, how do we get home? Um, and for me, uh, like we had to, we ended up taking a cab from, uh, I think it's 300 kilometers away. So we took a cab and came home, um, like I think there were nine of us from Bangalore who took three cabs and came home because our parents didn't want us coming in contact with anybody. And even though that was the most expensive option, that's what we could do. Mm -hmm. uh, but that was a very unique case because we were like, we were the, one of the more accessible cities from campus and we had the money to afford that. But for a lot of people, um, the process to get home was a lot more difficult mm -hmm. and abrupt. Yeah. Would anyone else like to talk about this kind of process of vacating um, and moving home? Was anyone already living at home when this happened? So everyone had to move from campus or from university back home. Actually, I was living um, at my house. Um, like a student house uh, in Istanbul. So yes. as I said earlier, house travel ban. I am just uh, blocked in Istanbul, uh, away from my family. Yes. So Kansu is still there, but are your classmates? Have they gone home? Many of them. Uh, yes, many of them um, went home, and many of them stayed in um, schools, like dormitories. Some schools uh, allow 
students to stay at dormitories. Yeah. But they they're in a good situation as well. So. Yeah. Because we were we weren't uh, expecting the uh, travel ban um, at that time, so um, yeah, it was difficult. Miriam, you were about to speak before. Yes. Uh, my home is near uh, the university, so I don't live in, uh, in campus, but um, many of my colleagues do. So uh, we're, we were going to have our vacation in a week, but according to the virus, uh, uh, our, like the chief of uh, government made a statement that we have to uh, end courses uh, in two days. So uh, that's when everyone rushed to pack most of what they could and uh, they went home. Uh, and also, uh, I think that um, they'll be evacuating the dorms uh, so, uh, so they can use them for uh, potential cases of coronavirus uh, because uh, the hospitals might be full uh, in very short time. Yes. A theme that came out from many of you was uh, what it was like now. And, and Kansu, I know that you're still in student housing. But those of you who have now gone home and now, you know, home, which meant a place to visit family and holiday, and now it's also a workplace. Um, could anyone talk about that adjustment um, as a student now? Um, or in the case of Kansu, what it's like, you know, you're in the same place, but um, things around you have changed a lot. So thinking a little bit about the spatial aspects of this. Merging worlds. Would anyone like to talk about that? I know I, my student. Oh, yes, Kansu. Um, I think on the one hand, like, um, we, we are going outside or we can't see families or uh, in situations, it is vice versa, I think. But um, on the one hand, like, um, our social interactions um, are becoming less and less. But also, I think, um, for example, I have a housemate, and uh, because of this lockdown and everything, we are just uh, very close now, and we are spending all of uh, our time together. So, um, some or some of our social interactions are uh, weakening, but also some uh, social interactions are more deepening and getting strong. I think it is really interesting thing to talk about because, just um, for example, I would call my mother just for uh, one time per week, but now we are just FaceTiming all the time and I am anxious about her and she's anxious about me. I think it is uh, very interesting. So social interactions, both with friends and family have been changed. Would someone like to comment on this? Just with I through, yeah, I feel through this lockdown, we have understood human relations better. I mean, uh, we understand the need for it and the importance of it. Because uh, when we are with friends, we uh, we perhaps uh, tend to waste time, uh, maybe just on uh, social media and other things on our mobiles, and uh, like not pay attention to things around us. But now, when we are locked, uh, when we ourselves are locked in one place, we understand and we miss out on all that. So I feel this is a time where we like understand the importance of it, at least for myself. Personally, I feel that. Anyone else would like to comment on that? Um, so, uh, sorry, we were... Shriya, yes. Um, so the other day I was uh, listening to an interaction or a webinar. I was listening to a webinar where uh, they were talking about how the coronavirus is, is essentially like a test for family bonds and friendships and relationships in general. 
um, in two ways because one is when you're stuck with whoever you're stuck with and you see how your relationship changes being in this extraordinary situation and the other is how your relationships um, with people you can't see or meet in person whether they like blossom or like whether they die out just because you can't see each other in person it, it's quite interesting to see very interesting Sanjana, uh, would you like to add anything or Miriam uh, I think um, now there is a uh, like there is a change in the way we communicate with others uh the number of groups on social media is increasing uh, the number of groups collecting uh, colleagues collecting friends uh, is increasing now the number of uh, live streamings is increasing because it's another way to communicate the use of um, this kinds of uh, apps like Zoom or Discord uh, is increasing now. So uh, there is a whole new way uh, of communicating just to replace the, the direct contact that we used to have. It's interesting because we always think of young people as being um, of loving this way of communicating you know that the social media and technology and computers are the ways that young people communicate um however this is different in this moment yeah maybe maybe uh young people are attached to the things they can have all the time so when we uh before the virus uh we had uh, more physical, uh, more like direct uh, contact and conversations with uh, with others, and we spent uh, less time on online because of our studies or jobs or whatever we are doing. So that's why we liked uh, our online uh, activities more than uh, the real ones. But now that we have no choice. We wish we can go back to that real life we had. Like now, me and my friends, like our wish is to go back to, to university and uh, eat the food uh, we were served uh, at university, even though it wasn't that good. But <laughs> now, because we, are, we don't have that, we we want it so bad so it has i think uh it's more of uh young people love the the things they can't have easily the challenging thing and uh what's it? i'm not sure that's only young people <laughs> uh, would anyone else like to add before we go to another question uh, yeah, so like Miriam was saying, uh, it's I think it's a, a lot about the choice and the freedom um, because like even, so like a common example is like when you're studying for an exam and you're being told to do something, you'd rather not do it. But when you have the option of freedom to choose for yourself, um, then like things seem more interesting, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but now our options have changed um, and there is only so much we can do. So I think the lack of freedom in how we interact with people and the lack of freedom in how we get to live our life is one of the most frustrating things. Yeah. But um, there is uh, another thing. Society uh, always finds its way to put pressure uh, on you. So now, uh, like, I'm witnessing a bombardment of uh, those ads of online courses and the exercises you you do you can do at home and the recipes you can uh, cook and what so sometimes I feel that pressure that I have to to like to learn as much thing as I can during this condition Mm -hmm. and to log in as much online courses as I can and uh, to make profit of, of mm -hmm. this time. But then I thought, no, that's not 
the point of it the point is to stay healthy and keep your your mental health uh, and stay healthy as as much as i can so no need to put yourself under to obey to that pressure that society tends to put on us well and i think that society particularly puts that pressure on young people because this is when you're studying for your future, for the future of the world. And so the idea that, you know, even in this incredible, um, unprecedented global time, that there are these expectations that you should be improving yourself or creating something or being productive, as Miriam says, um, is very, that's a very interesting insight, yes? I'd like to continue to the second question, and um, we really started talking about ourselves and our own personal reactions and experiences in the midst of this um, pandemic. And the next question I'd like to broaden out a little bit um, to think about the future and how you think that this pandemic will affect um, your country and the world in the future. And so once again, I'd like to go one by one and um, maybe what we can do, since we're a small group, is as you feel ready to respond, just kind of raise your hand and then we can um, you know, go in the order that you would like. But the question is this, what influence do you think this pandemic will have on your future, your country, and the world? Big question. So once again, what influence do you think this pandemic will have on your future, your country, and the world? Anyone who's ready can just let us know. Uh, I can. Oh, just one. Yes, yes. Uh, Actually, oh, well, we'll start with Alp, and then we'll go to Jesvan. Yes, Alp. Uh, probably our economies will be more based on the digital area. Uh, for example, older people and the people are to. Uh, do not use digital area like us, like young people, but in this process, they also learn how to use them, how to uh, use them correctly, especially. And uh, their uh, idea of uh, old ways, uh, how can I say? I mean, concept of old ways uh, becomes uh, more futuristic, uh, do you understand me? Because I, I am not sure. Yes. I can. <laughs> okay. Yes. So it, it's all of what, all of what I said. Jasmine? Yeah. Uh, education wise, uh, I feel uh, now uh, schools and colleges uh, in India, especially because I, I think other uh, countries, they've already started these. Uh, learning programs and everything but in our country it's not yet uh, like developed to that extent so i feel uh, this will be like a indicator for uh, various universities and uh, schools to like start developing online programs also to have it in case of such things so that they don't waste time and they can easily uh, transform to this and uh, maybe if it is government side i would uh, i would see them like spending more and uh, trying to improve the medical uh, health facilities in our country and uh, I feel that all the uh, all industries, the auto and others which suffered badly, I think will take some time to like regain things. That would be the future. What influence do you think this pandemic will have on your future, your country and the world? Uh, I also can say that in a psychological level, probably uh, the trust trust to the mankind uh, for each individuals uh, diminish will diminish. I suppose because when you see that uh, you do what you should do, but the other people's 
do not what they should do. Uh, it creates a controversy and most of the uh, events, cases of the diseases comes from this idea. Uh, you do your responses, but the other people cannot do so. Uh, you are also can be uh, a potential uh, sick, uh, positive uh, case. Uh, so uh, trusteeship for the mankind, for the humanity, will diminish, I suppose. So you think that um, the the trust will de increase or decrease? Uh, decrease. decrease. Uh, because uh, I think I understood. I told you. <laughs> uh, Thank you. You know, Jasmine, I want to wait for your comment because I want to hear from each person as we did before, and then we'll have a a, a, a discussion. Miriam? Yes, Miriam. Uh, uh, I think I can't think right now of the impact of this uh, on my professional future. I, I only can think uh, of the impact of the pandemic on on like uh, on a personal level. Um, I think I'll be reorganizing my priorities in the future and uh, always uh, keeping um, another plan if things went wrong because like now uh, I was stuck with one plan uh, which is studying on a real university but if I had the chance to enroll in a virtual one uh, I wouldn't be uh, going for the unknown like now. Uh, the impact of this on my country, I think it would be uh, economic, like uh, all other countries, I think, uh, because of the, um, the financial aid that my country is giving to uh, poor people right now. Financing hospital and uh, the health system so uh, I think then we'll be dealing with cons with economic consequences that be, there wouldn't be enough uh, money to, neither neither uh, will have spend for aren't working right now and Miriam, I might suggest that you t um, uh, turn off your camera because then sometimes we might be able to hear you better because you okay. were freezing up that last time. Yeah. Um, so we've um, Kansu and Shriya and Sanjana who would like to speak next. Yes, yeah, Shriya. Um, so, can you hear me? Yes. Uh, okay, so, but like for how it'll affect my life, um, I think it's kind of solidified uh, a desire to help people as soon as I can. Because um, I've always known that I want to be financially independent as soon as possible. Uh, but now there's an added, as soon as I'm financially independent and able to sustain myself, I'd like to be able to help other people. Um, uh, for my country, I think um, it's, we're already in a pretty bad state and headed towards an economic recession. Um, so this on top of that has put us in quite a precarious position. Um, and I think all in all, it's kind of just sent our country backwards like decades in time because um, in the past few decades, like uh, there was a rural urban shift and people came to the cities to work and things like that. But with this lockdown, everyone had to go back. So things have to start again from like the beginning. Um, as for uh, globally, I'm not sure how things will work out because it's hard to say whether 
this is going to increase the desire to work across countries and share expertise or whether it's going to um, make globalization kind of hard to do. Uh, I'm not sure how it will go. Like I'm still uncertain of it can go either way as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Sanjana? Um, on like a personal level, I think um, usually I find it a little harder to keep up when things change and I don't expect them to change. Like I, I don't deal very well with change. And so I think through all of this, I'm going to learn how to, I'm learning how to adapt a lot better. And also realizing that like adapting to being productive, whether I'm in college or at home also. And on a, on a country level, I think um, we have a lot of daily wage workers in our country. And so a lot of them have been suffering a lot because of everything that's happening because they aren't allowed to work at all. And everyone who's working right now has to work from home or unless they are like, like essential services. And so a lot of them aren't earning anything right now, which is, which I don't know how it's going to pan out later on in the future, but I, I, that's something that really concerns me right now. And um, on a global level, I think hopefully people will start taking health a lot more seriously because I was um, reading that recent in like, a year or so, I think, uh, the last year, I think, there, there were major uh, cuts that happened to this organization that's been studying about pandemics and trying to prevent them from happening. And um, and then when they when their budget kind of got cut down, then that's when all of this kind of broke out. And so I feel like maybe people will start taking health a lot more seriously throughout the world. Thank you. And Kansu? Um, uh, for myself, I think uh, I will be graduating this semester and uh, I was planning to apply to uh, graduate programs, but I am not sure about all of this and it is very uncertain for me right now. Um, also, I think in Turkey for uh, young people, the future is always uncertain and there's a lot of different shocking things and <laughs> like that. So, but uh, this epidemic is just uh, adding another element of uncertainty um, because of the um, unemployment and everything. We were always afraid of uh, graduating. Um, but right now, like um, me and my friends uh, from university, we, we were all uh, working at the same, same time studying. So it is very... Um, bad for us financially and I think also the economical aspect will uh, worsen in the future. So I was for example planning to um, study abroad uh, but I think I I can't do that right now or in the future with the crisis that will be because of the coronavirus. Um, for global or um, implications in Turkey, I think uh, the health system is um, was really bad um, before too because of the privatizations of the hospitals and everything. But I think the coronavirus and its implications won't do anything to change the um, status quo. But um, it will it will become something exception, something like. Uh, during this epidemic, we did this and we give uh, people rights. But uh, after the pandemic, nothing will change, I think. But I don't know, I'm a very pessimist, so. <laughs> Thank you. Judith, would you like to add anything? Again, Judith is here as our note taker today, but you're a Columbia University student and living in New York. Do you have any perspective you would like to add? Yeah, um, something that I've been thinking a lot about is, you know, whether this is going to worsen and, and deepen inequality in society. Because, you know, as, as Ben Sutra said, I don't know if after this, you know, essentially comes to an end, whether that's a year or two from now, is, you know, are then the next, like, 10, uh, 20, 100 years or so going to, you know, be influenced um, as a result of what, you know, is happening now. I, 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 I would like things to change, but I, 
I, mean, I don't know whether the status quo is going to change. I think it's becoming clear, you know, that there are certain jobs that are, you know, more essential than others. Mm-hmm. Um, but but now, you know, when it comes to going to the doctor for anything but, you know, the virus, oh, I, I know I, I have friends who have gotten sick and, and genuinely don't think it's the virus, but they don't, they don't want to go and get treated because they're afraid that they're going to catch it when they go to, you know, a hospital or to a doctor who's been perhaps exposed to someone with the virus. Um, it, I don't know. Everything is just becoming more uncertain. I was speaking to my mom about, you know, are, are we going to be wearing masks for the next five years, you know, out of, out of a fear that, that this might, you know, come back. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I hope things, you know, would change, but I, I, I fear that like inequality might just, get more pronounced i don't i don't know if the if our governments i think if our, if governments are able to work together around the world you know there could be you know hope of a positive change in society everywhere but i i don't know if if that's going to happen because right now every country is you know focusing on 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 themselves and, and their own people so I'm, I'm afraid that will just create further divide in society okay. thank you very much judith so I think every single person spoke somehow about uncertainty, um, but also uh, potential for change, but um, with some pessimism about that. Um, I'd love to hear a discussion of this. Uh, I know, Jess, when you had your hand up before, I don't know if you remember what you had planned to say at that time. Yeah, I just missed on two things. Uh, one was already stated by uh, Sanjana about the daily wage uh, workers in our country. But another thing I wanted to tell uh, was uh, Judith's point about uh, uh, governments working together for this. The only thing I fear is uh, if there is some sort of global tension around, because already uh, countries have started blaming others, uh, especially China was blamed for this pandemic. So even like after this uh, situation gets normal, I fear global tension. There could be certain uh, instances of Cold War which uh, could like uh, there should there could be some global tensions which happen between different countries. So that's one thing which I fear, and uh, I think that would come in the way of uh, cooperating between countries, which I uh, yeah I fear and I don't want that to happen. So the idea of the relationship amongst countries and how this will affect the relationships amongst countries. Would anyone like to speak on that? Relationships amongst countries at this time and, and in the future. Um, I think it's scary to see how fast things can deteriorate. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, countries had like, we, there were certain like inter-country relations that were thought to be stable. Um, and helpful from both sides, like mutual relationships where each country helps the other. Um, But then you see instances of like countries refusing to export or import things that are essential for their medical professionals or things that are needed for their people um, just because of a fear that, you know, like either we'll need it and we'll be missing it or we'll get something in the process of this exchange or this trade. Um, it's just quite um, startling to see how quickly it can change from mutual trade to just uh, absolutely not in our country is all we're going to think about right now. Yeah, yeah Miriam. Uh, taking the, uh, the example of uh, Italy, how Italian people, I think they are uh, somehow disappointed because they didn't receive uh, as much help uh, from the uh, European Union as they expected. So maybe that will, uh, I don't know, maybe will affect the relationship between the uh, countries uh, in the European Union. Would anyone else like to comment on this potential shift in relationships amongst countries or in the countries that are taking a a leadership role in the world now? 
I can say something. Or like not. That. Yes, Kansu. I think um, it is interesting that um, something like, um, how can I say? Like, um, for example, our country like uh, is sending uh, health equipments to Italy or Iran or uh, different countries. But in fact, in Turkey, like hospitals and other doctors need these equipments. But this just uh, in an inst instant uh, turned uh, into a diplomatic uh, relationship. And it is very interesting. I, think. I, I am not saying that countries shouldn't help other countries. Like Italy should... Uh, get these uh, equipments and everything but uh, I think it is becoming a strategic planning for countries and governments and it is interesting yeah. I think it's really interesting uh, about Wondering how all of it is going to pan out in, say, like, the next few years after all of this is kind of dissolved. Like, even just wondering what which countries will probably be allies at the end of all of this and, like, continue. Maybe, I don't know if things will be the same way that they were before. And just, I'm curious as to see what it would be, like, a few years from now. Because, it, it, like, how uh, she just said, it's really interesting. One of the reasons we want to do this, especially with young people, is that the you know the young people are the people who are going to be creating the future. So, in what ways um, can what you're thinking and envisioning for the world? Um, how can we think about the ways in which you will be creating that world? You know, coming out of this kind of emergency, in the good things that we're learning about what we're capable of. And then the problems that are becoming very apparent at this time of, of global crisis. In, in our, our last session, when we all come back together, we are going to have everyone think a little bit about that. You know, I was really thinking about Kansu's statement that you said, in Turkey, the future is always uncertain. Um, and that somehow this um, crisis has just made this very apparent. And... This is something I've heard many, 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 many people uh, say, even in the United States, you know, that um, we do not, we live in changing times. We live in an uncertain world and that this has made that very apparent. Um, I was just wondering um, if anyone else would be able to comment upon uncertainty um, and how one, how one copes and lives and studies and plans for the future in the midst of uncertainty. For instance, what could we learn from young people in Turkey about how to live in the midst of uncertainty now that it's very clear to all of us that we all live in an uncertain world? Uh, I am sure about that in my country, many young people still don't know how to live in our country, in my country because this uncertainty uh, is not about one year or two years. It's somehow a big process which we don't know how, how it started and how it will be added. But maybe John also have some opinions about it. So <laughs> it's not good for me. Um, yesterday I was talking to a friend like um, five years ago, like um, because of the government things and everything, our uh, many of our professors are banned from universities and, and some lessons are canceled, even some depart closed and left with nothing. Uh, so when the um, transition to online education uh, is declared, it is just, uh, okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> it is not a shock for us, but it is uncertain and we don't know anything about it because of universities, uh, many universities don't have systems to uh, cope with the online education thing and also many students don't have uh, computers and Wi-Fi at home. Uh, but it was just not a shock. It is just something, yeah, that can happen. So. 
<laughs> For example, yeah. uh, yesterday uh, they said that Minister of uh, Internal Affairs uh, quit his job, and they said uh, after uh, two hours later they said that no, it, uh, he is not quitting his job. So, but at at these two hours, every kind of uh, scanner scenario was written, uh, was told. Uh, <laughs> but as you know, right now, I, I suppose he is still on the job. But that kind of uh, scandals always happen in any kind of way. So <laughs> we don't know. That's very interesting. You know, Miriam earlier said that she's learning that you need a backup plan. You know, she's how you're going to reorganize your priorities in the future. I, you know, I agree. I think that a lot of people will come out of this with very different personal priorities. I don't know if any of you have given this some thought, um, if anyone would like to speak about that. For example, Miriam, when you say, you know, that you're going to reorganize your priorities, where would you like to share some of your thoughts about that? Yes, to spend more time outdoors and to have uh, like uh, outdoors activities. Um, to just uh, embrace what I used to have before the, the virus. Um, I think also that uh, the situation would have been better for me if I, uh, as I told you, if I had, I, I, if I was enrolled in a virtual university, or uh, if I, uh, if I had, uh, if I was able to enroll in more courses online, so I wouldn't be worrying about my uh, my future, my uh, educational future this much. Yeah. So. Yes, Ria. Um, yeah, so just following on from your previous question. Um, so our country went through a lot of uh, social change in the beginning of 2020. Uh, we had uh, a large number of so youth movements um, and protests and uh, things like that are coming up against a, lo uh, a law that was proposed, an amendment that was proposed. Um, and so January and February saw a lot of um, youth activism across the country. Um, specifically, college students um, were doing college-wide like movements and like colleges in cities would come together and hold a rally and things like that. Um, so, and then when this um, lockdown happened, uh, one of the most long-standing protests that had been going on for quite a while in Delhi had to be shut down. Uh, so the interesting thing was at that protest, they were following um, these social distancing attempts, mm -hmm. uh, like only a certain number of people were allowed at the rally so that they could maintain the distance and everything was still peaceful and it was just a peaceful like um, protest against the amendment. Uh, but then when the lockdown happened, obviously they weren't allowed to continue that. Um, so going forward, I think I, I'd just be more... Um, forceful rather I'm not sure what the right word is just more confident about going for what I want instead of uh, and like and what I for what I want and what I believe in I'd like to be more um, intentional with everything I do thank you for that Miriam yes Shreya reminded me of a things that I uh, wanted to do. Uh, the number of uh, violated uh, women has increased uh, during the, the lockdown. Uh, women who are uh, staying at their homes um, are being beaten more, increase, more increasingly now. So uh, uh, I would I would help as a, I'm a, as a member of an association. Uh, I'd like to have to organize a campaign or something to put a real uh, mechanism to protect women 
being violated at their homes and beating and all. So we have two minutes before we have to go back to the main room. Um, and so would anyone like to offer any final comments if there's something that you weren't able to say? I mean, Miriam's last comment was very, um, you know, that's very upsetting. We're seeing the same thing here in the United States an increase in domestic violence because people are stuck in, at home together. Um, but um, we're also seeing an increase in exactly what you said, which is uh, a kind of in, in, intentionality about wanting it becoming quite clear about the issues that you care about and that you wish to address. Um, and some are actually trying to figure out how to do that, even within this situation of their closed rooms um, and within their homes. But uh, um, anyone, yes, Miriam. Uh, actually, uh, in Tunisia, we started uh, working on that domestic uh, violence. There is uh, a number that uh, the minister of uh, uh, the, the minister put. So, uh, women uh, who are under attack or uh, who are being beaten, they can call for free and they can get help from that. Also. Uh, the group of women who were behind the Me Too campaign in Tunisia. Now, uh, they created a, recently a group on Facebook that I saw uh, this morning. And uh, today we are going to uh, start a campaign on Facebook uh, called Falgatna, which, is, uh, which, which means uh, we are done. Uh, and uh, we'll be sharing videos uh, to support uh, all women uh, who are uh, under, uh, under attack in their homes, who are lock, uh, locked up with violent uh, partners. And that's I think that's the beginning, but we really need to put real mechanisms like uh, laws that protect women more, uh, other alternatives like uh, providing places where those women can stay during critical situations like this, mm. and uh, financial help for those women, and medical help also. So uh, the, that's the main uh, purpose of the campaign. Thank you, Miriam. We're, we're, we have to go back to our main session in nine seconds, but thank you for sharing that example of th something that people are doing, right, at this time when we feel like we can't do anything.